Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Uh, it's the playoffs. That does not mean that we're gone. Uh, I am joined, of course. This is Matt Harmon. Whatever. Doesn't matter. The point here is that I'm joined by Dalton Del Don. It's not a stat nerd Thursday episode, Dalton, but we are back together, uh, my guy. How are you doing, man? Doing well. My son turns five today, so happy birthday oh, to out. Mason. Yeah, shout out Mason. And I just have to say, uh, Zach Wilson had his first percentile performance, and Trevor Lawrence had an eye-opening one after our talk last week. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's pretty funny how uh, what happened up here. Basically the opposite of what we said. But how are you doing, Matt? I mean, I'm doing good, dude. I am glad uh, that the regular season is behind us. The playoffs are here. Um, the schedule is lighter, both from an NFL perspective and from our uh, content perspective, I'm sure it is certainly lighter for both of us. So it feels good to take a little bit of a breath and have fewer games and fewer teams to talk about. That feels good. But uh, of course, just because fantasy football, you know, the regular season is over does not mean that you have to stop playing fantasy football because, of course, here at Yahoo, we are still doing daily fantasy. Before we preview all these playoff games, got to let you know that we are hosting two 500k DFS contest this weekend one for Saturday games one for Sunday games in addition to that we're also hosting a 50k NFL DFS playoff invitational that will include every playoff game and go for the next three weekends you can find all these games and hopefully win yourself some money here for 2022 by visiting uh the yahoo daily fantasy lobby so get in on that of course it's just going to make these playoff games even more exciting they're already exciting so um before we of course dive into all these playoff games dalton since andy and scott uh recorded their uh infamous black monday podcast the new york giants finally came to their uh senses or should i say had a change of heart and decided to move on from joe judge uh what were your takeaways from that decision there yeah, it seemed like if he, uh, there were uh, maybe ownership was on the fence, he may have talked himself out of a job there. But yeah, maybe not unexpected. And obviously, uh, it's hard to argue with the decision. Do you have any big takeaways? Yeah, no, I, I think it was the right move. Um, it, I agree with you that if Joe Judge had just kept his mouth shut, he probably would be coming back for a third season as the Giants coach. But it's also very clear, you know, I, I caught some of John Mara's press conference or at least the... Um, you know, the reporter takeaways from it, it seems like they were, you know, they, they're very aware of their reputation as like a storied franchise and like one of the good franchises or whatever. So uh, I feel and he even said that this is embarrassing. Uh, this is the lowest moment, I think, uh, John Mara said for for the franchise, you know, moving on from another coach like this this quickly. It's almost like they wanted to be in denial, you know, about their broken like like they're in a relationship that's clearly not working and they're like just staying together for um you know the kids or for appearances or something it was one of those type of situations so eventually though all of those bridges must break and that did sound like the situation with joe judge and i gotta say though dalton you know this is not a desirable job i think when you look out i actually kind of looking across all of the job openings right now i think it's kind of hard to say like which front office job is most appealing which coaching job is most appealing I don't know if you have any grand view takeaways there because I think each uh, one is sort of marred with like a layer of dysfunction and potentially problematic rosters the Giants I think might be 
both, right? Like this roster is not very good. They're also in cap hell, despite the fact that they don't have a good roster. Like they didn't have enough damn cap room to field a week 18 roster, you know, much less like what are they going to do uh, next season? So um, there's also questions at quarterback. There's questions all over the offense. Um, everybody on the offense gets hurt all the time. I don't know that they have like any one player that you can really count on as a f- uh, potential difference maker there. The line is broken. Like it's not a good coaching job. I think it's a pretty tough front office job. Plus now you lay on the fact that I think we have to include the Giants as one of the most dysfunctional organizations in the NFL. I think we are at that point with this team. So if I was a head coaching candidate, I'm not, by the way, I'm not interested. Thanks for asking, though. Uh, I, I don't think that this is a good place to end up. Yeah, there's some crazy stat where they don't have like a winning record at any point in the last five seasons yeah. or or something just futile like that. Um, I agree with you. It's not a desirable situation with a big question mark at quarterback. Um, Miami, but then you have to deal with ownership there. Uh, is Denver the obvious one if it comes along with a quarterback? Um, if I mean, it comes along roster. with a quarterback. If not, then mm-hmm. you're dealing with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert like for the next yeah, right. decade or whatever, right? And even like Derek Carr, obviously, and the Raiders are in the playoffs as well. Yeah. So can you think of uh, what is the best, uh, the best situation to if you were looking to be a, a coach right now? I mean, it's. I don't think it's Minnesota either. I think they're sort of facing like a potential full scale tear down there. Uh, like you know, it'd Kirk be interesting because Harbaugh has been rumored to the Raiders, but then I heard Vikings. You're doing Minnesota's an interesting one for Harbaugh because you know he's about three or four year period, then he wears the organization thin. But they're kind of with a win now roster. I don't know. I could see kind of Harbaugh going to Minnesota would be interesting. It depends on what the like. Where do the Vikings view themselves? Like, uh, do they view themselves as like, all right, let's push this, uh, let's push this in for a little while longer. Like, let's let's extend this window because um so many of the guys there are kind of past their prime obviously other than justin jefferson i mean dalvin cook is an aging running back like kirk cousins is expensive but you know but could be like if they decide to do the full skill teardown kirk cousins could be a guy that is a trade asset there um the other one is chicago but they're like such a dysfunctional organization right now i mean that press conference george mccaskey was like totally embarrassing i'm sure andy had a lot more uh things to say about that than i would but yeah i look around there i don't really see one that really jumps out to me denver is probably the best like potential roster probably the best uh you know they they already have a gm in place there uh but you know beyond that like i think they're like there there's a team that probably their best answer is probably trade for kirk cousins right and that doesn't feel great uh because uh you know again then it's like kirk cousins going to battle against patrick mahomes and, and justin herbert like they have the the vikings uh former vikings front office guy george payton there so i don't know man i don't think any of them sound very appealing right now Chicago's not a bad call. I mean, Fields, Mooney, and Komet, uh, decent defense, uh, good running backs. I mean, it's uh, that's that's not. I guess it depends on your your thoughts of uh, Fields moving forward, yeah. but that's not a bad situation. I feel like Harbaugh because of the history there that makes the most sense. But also, you mentioned the Raiders. Like, we'll talk. We'll, we're we're going to jump right into the Raiders here in a second. But like the Raiders, they're in the playoffs, man. I don't know that they're gonna. Will they move on from I know. Rich Basaccia? Maybe, Maybe but that feels kind of like, geez. Tough, tough move for for Basashi. I wouldn't. I, I would if I was a Raiders fan. I'd be kind of going back and forth on that because there's still been some questionable like in game decision making stuff like that. But uh, we shall see. All right, and actually, let's just transition right into um, the first playoff game featuring the Raiders here. I say all the time, Dalton, that like I love this time of year because I get to basically kiss goodbye to teams like the Gi- the Giants are always number one on that list. Like I don't have to think about the Giants for the next um, you know several months or whatever. Not that's like being facetious, right? Because I am going to think about all these teams for the off season, but nevertheless like let's stop talking about all these bad teams let's focus on the good ones that are in the playoffs including the Raiders as I mentioned fifth seed in the AFC they're uh, at Cincinnati the fourth seed in the AFC Um, just before we jump into this game the weather uh, it'll be in the 20s no snow Uh, the Bengals and Raiders did face off this uh, this year already um the Raiders obviously avoided the Chiefs with their overtime win in what was one of the best games I've watched in a long long time uh the total in this game right now is 49 points it's been bet up since its opening uh and the Bengals are five and a half point home favorites uh what do you like in this game Dalton I'm curious your take my so the first game looks like a blowout but that game was actually 16 to 13 with five minutes left uh, having said that my my original instinct here was this sets up uh, well for the Bengals. Raiders are lucky to make the playoffs. They just played five quarters on Sunday night in this emotional win. I mean, their defense played like 90 snaps. Um, so I was ready to, 
you know, load up on the Bengals and playoff pools and whatnot. And I wrote him up in DFS. T. Higgins at home. He's averaged nearly 100 receiving yards, uh, just $21 in DFS. I like Mixon. But then the more I read into this specific matchup, uh, Burroughs EPA per pass is like MVP level versus the Blitz this year. And guess who blitzes the least in the NFL? Ooh. It's the it's the Raiders. So uh, and twelve of his fourteen interceptions have come against non blitz situations. Um, I'm assuming his knee injury is okay, but um, sometimes you can galaxy brain and overthink this stuff. But uh, looking at the matchup there, literally the least blitz happy teams facing a quarterback that's the most blitz dependent. Love Burrow though. He led the NFL in YPA. He's a baller, but. Yeah, I mean, in the trenches there, if the Raiders aren't, you know, overwhelmed from that, uh, the big win to get in the playoffs, this could be a, a closer matchup than my uh, initially thought. Yeah, I think this game's going to, I would expect it to be close. Even like five and a half points for the Bengals does feel like kind of a lot. It feels a little disrespectful to the Raiders who, um, you know, are a good team. I think the, I think, I think the Raiders are overall like a, they have clear team strengths. And as you mentioned, one of them, I think, is the matchup in the trenches. Like, I mean, dude, Max Crosby, whooping whooping storm norton up and down the field all last sunday night man i mean justin herbert had pressure in his face like that which just makes justin herbert's performance uh in that loss all the more impressive for the chargers and all the kind of you know much more about how much of a bummer it is that we're not going to get justin herbert in the postseason but chargers don't deserve it they don't deserve to be here they lost that game uh they screwed around too many times this season for me to feel too bad for them um but joe burrow fifth highest sack rate uh among quarterbacks this year behind Behind mostly guys like rookies, you know, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, uh, and then Lamar and Baker as well. Joe Burrow, uh, that offensive line is still a problem. I could see like, you know, Max Crosby, even Yannick Ngakwe, like being total game wreckers potentially in uh, this particular matchup. Like if the Raiders pull off the upset, I feel like this will have to be another dominant performance by Max Crosby, who leads the NFL in pressures, per, according to Pro Football Focus. I think he had like eight uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime last absurd. week or something absurd. Yeah, while it's clear Cincinnati made the right choice drafting Chase, uh, their offensive line remains a weakness uh, in part because of that. Uh, so, yeah, this should be a good matchup there. And and then Darren Waller, the Bengals have been getting killed by tight ends, but I'm not sure if it was a health issue um, with that IT band injury or just Derwin James, you know, last week. It wasn't an easy right. matchup, much easier matchup on paper, but I'm not sure how, how healthy he is. And then it factors into Hunter Renfro's targets. I know the touchdowns were there, but with, with – uh, while they're back, you know, the targets have not quite been there the last three three weeks. Very true. Uh, Darren Waller, nine targets against the Chargers. Got in a limited practice on Wednesday. So, I mean, he's going to go. But like you mentioned, how healthy is he? It, it is tough, right? Like uh, Hunter Renfro, 24 bucks in Daily Fantasy behind Jamar Chase, behind Stefan Diggs. Um, T. Higgins, $3 discount there. But I would note that T. Higgins did pop up on the injury report with a foot situation uh, here on Wednesday. So, of course, keep an eye on that. How about some receivers like further down the peck? order in this one you know uh tyler boyd from week 13 to week 18 averaged 71.4 yards per game like he kind of got his season back on track and then zay jones dude i mean zay jones put up a pretty decent performance going into free agency this year you know he's a guy that has basically been I don't know, like he's been kind of an afterthought obviously since he came over there from the bills but I can't remember what game it was it might have even been after that week one overtime win against the Ravens or the week one overtime uh, situation they had there with the, uh, with the Raiders and, you know, Brian Edwards making plays in overtime, but I can't remember if it was that game or at some point later on in the season, uh, Derek Carr specifically talked about how much he likes Zay Jones and how much he um, trusts Zay Jones. And I feel like we can bucket Zay Jones into this kind of, uh, group of Raiders, whether it's Hunter Renfro, whether it's actually throwing the ball to Josh Jacobs in the passing game, like this group of Raiders who have just been better utilized since John Gruden got thrown out of the building. So like, I, I kind of feel like Zay Jones deserves a mention here too, at just 15 bucks in daily fantasy. The air yards have been there. I'm not certain Waller's healthy. Jacobs continues to battle injury. I'm with you on, on Jones. I'd pay down as, as opposed to Renfro and DFS. The air, yeah, I, I like Zay Jones. And then uh, on, on the Cincinnati side, yeah, Tyler Boyd is definitely back on the fantasy radar um, for the past month. And T, it's tough to predict these Chase versus T. Higgins, who's going to blow up. But uh, to reiterate what I said earlier, Higgins has averaged 98.8 yards at home. Five of his eight touchdowns have occurred there. 
um, that, that offense, you know, rested most of their starters last week where the Raiders were playing five quarters. So, um, yeah, it's interesting because of that, that, that blitz and can that offensive line hold up, you know, Burrow with those go routes uh, to chase have been unstoppable. So this will be a fun matchup. And, uh, yeah, it's hopefully uh, – so the Raiders, uh, I believe the, the last playoff appearance, uh, Carr was hurt. And they had – it was yep. that Con- Con- Connor – who was it? Connor Cook or something had to start. Connor so Cook, happy- yeah. Yeah, happy for Derek Carr for sure. What a season for the Raiders! I wrote them off even down to even Sunday night. I'm like, come on, they're gonna they're yeah. gonna lose this. Uh, and no, they uh, dealt with the, the, the obviously Gruden situation and Henry Ruggs. And uh, as you said, that coach has a has an argument for coach of the year, let alone the right. not to be fired. So uh, props to the Raiders and, and, and Bengals too. You know, they've obviously uh, been a losing franchise for a, a long time. So looking forward to this one. Yeah. All right. So let's pick this. I say we pick all these games. And and to me, I, I'm going to go. I think Cincinnati wins this game, but give me the Raiders and the points if I was uh, if I was picking it against the spread. Yeah. So I actually do pick a, a staff pick section in Rotowire. So I'll just go with the ones I, I laid the wood with the Bengals, but I don't feel as strongly. And like I said, the more I've delved into it, uh, I would stay away from here because I like like when I sent these in, I didn't quite look at the, the whole blitz thing. So uh, this is a stay away for me because I could see it now. I could see yeah. what you're saying now. Yeah, I think it's closer, but I do think the Bengals are the better team, uh, and I think they'll move on to the next round of the postseason. All right, next game here on Saturday, uh, we've got the six-seed New England Patriots at the three-seed Buffalo Bills. Let me first, before we talk about this game, I want to ask your opinion about this whole, like, it seems like a new thing on on Cool Kid Football Twitter to, like, hate weather games. Um, like, everybody wants the Bills to build a dome. Where do you stand on, on, on like, football games played in weather which feels like a stupid thing to say but i said it anyways yeah i don't think i really have a take here i actually did do an offhanded comment about josh allen's his splits in cold weather this year were like dramatic so i just put it in the column and some uh someone picked it up on buffalo twitter and there's a back and forth thing oh boy um i i i, I it, it is weird that the bills are built for a dome team and they play in but i mean it's just weird it's they're built weird, to yeah. pass that just the opposite of where they play and this game might be you know close to freezing but a uh, good thing is it's actually also projected to be one of the least wind uh, of all home games in buffalo this week for what it's worth but um i don't i, I like watching it on tv and it's hd it looks awesome the couple weeks ago was that that seattle game in the snow was it uh was it chicago what was it it looked it looked awesome but um yeah, i don't really seattle, have a feeling yeah. other than other than i'm uh personally play uh, you know if you play in dfs or fantasy more points are scored in domes so i mean i can see that argument too but i guess i've never really thought about it. i don't have a strong take here do you i i don't have a strong take i guess you would say but i do and i'm with you i don't I, I enjoy watching it like i enjoy watching snow games i think it's fun um i enjoy the weirdness like i enjoy a break from the same old thing every single week like i mean the bills and the patriots game it's like okay i get it um like the first one the, the first the first bills patriots game played in that like outrageous wind and stuff like that it's like okay that's probably not like the best indicator of which team is better like on a on a full scale like i think the bills despite the fact that the patriots beat them up in that game i think the bills are the better team the bills deserve to be the three seed the patriots deserve to be the six seed i think that makes sense to me in my mind but it, like Bill Belichick said in the in the locker room uh, after the game, and you know John, you can go ahead and bleep this, but he said that Bill Belichick was like, "That's why we practiced in this," shit. and it's like that, that. That's true. Like they prepared for that moment, they've prepared for all things. That's why the Patriots are the Patriots, and like I don't know, I kind of think that. It is a little peculiar that the Bills aren't built to like play in the weather in which their uh, stadium forces them to play. Um, they probably could be a better dome team, but I don't know. I just I, I don't like want to come sit, sit here and say that like I enjoy snow games uh, more than regular games. That's not at all what I mean. But I, I just think that like I don't know. It's a nice it's nice to break up the monotony of a of a of a typical football game. Yeah, and adding more variables, like you said, yeah, Belichick, maybe they practice more in the weather. So, yeah, I'm good with with that. I mean, baseball, they literally play in different dimensions in each home. I mean, it's, it's totally <laughs> it's different. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. So it, it should be a fun one. It should be very, very cold. I expect uh, yeah. Allen to maybe run more than he did last last time. I mean, do you have any, uh, any thoughts on this one? This one definitely uh, should, should be a good one. Yeah, like like we've said here a couple times, we've already seen this game twice. Uh, obviously, in the more quote unquote normal condition game, we got uh, the Bills basically showing that I think they're a much right now a much better team than the Patriots. Uh, but then again, this is a game right now where the Bills are favored by four. Uh, they're minus four at home, forty four point total. I think this will be you know that sounds about right. Like forty four sounds about right to me. Although we're talking here, Dalton, about the Bills aren't built to play in weather. 
Devin Singletary was the number two back in fantasy since week 13. Like once they like, and by the way, number one was Rashad Penny. Like, give me a break. Um, but once they kind of <laughs> narrowed down on Devin Singletary, they actually had a pretty productive backfield overall. And I kind of think that Devin Singletary is really a, a pretty crucial player here to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, speaking of which, like in D Yahoo Daily Fantasy, we've got Joe Mixon at 34 bucks in the Saturday games, Josh Jacobs at 23, Damian Harris at 22 and Devin Singletary all the way down there at 21 and I think he's really appealing at that value uh, just straight up I think he's really appealing in this game yeah you said we've been a top five fantasy back for the last five weeks or whatever I um I wrote that he looks like he might go with the two into the second early third next year and someone uh in my last in the whatever my wrap it up column and someone alerted me that in best ball drafts he's like going in the fifth or sixth round but wow. I, I would assume that's going to change and more people look into this because uh, the the workload just totally changed. The final five weeks, Singletary was treated like a, a workhorse. Basically, I, I get Josh Allen's going to steal some goal line carries there and they don't target their backs a lot. But still, if you're a feature back in that offense, it's not bad. I think they led the NFL in points per game. The Bills nearly led the NFL in points per game and points per game against on defense. If you took if you had them winning all their one score games, they would be like that's the thing. They were, they were really bad in one score games, but there's a lot of upside here. And uh, yeah, they could. It's too bad that it's Bills Chiefs uh, inevitable in round two. I'm assuming they both win. It's NFL. Anything can happen. But it's too bad that it cannot be anything but a second round matchup because you know it's argument. Those are the two best teams in the league. But this should be fun regardless of weather. And um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. Hunter Henry is as a bargain. I'll say DFS thirteen dollars. I wrote about him. Do you know that he quietly finished second in fantasy points per target among tight ends, and he wow. led. He's tied for the lead league in nine touchdowns at the position, and uh, he's not even uh, salary. He's not a top 10 tight end this weekend. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I think that makes a ton of sense there. Last time these two teams matched up, I, I think Ramondre Stevenson was on the COVID list because Damian Harris punched in three touchdowns. Here, if they're both going to play in this matchup, it's like that. It gets really tough to pick uh, one or the other here. Obviously, I think Stevenson's 18 bucks. Harris, as I mentioned, is uh, much higher than that. He is 20. Uh, he's 20. He's $22 there um, sandwiched between Josh Jacobs and Devin Singletary. It's tough to pick between those two guys. And really, I, I just think like, I just, I don't know that the Patriots have the, have the juice to, to hang with the bills right now. The last few weeks, like Mac Jones has definitely played like a rookie when they've played good competition. And they're priced way too hard. Their defense is the second highest price. You can't go there against the bills offense. So yeah, in DFS, I don't like other than Henry, I don't like it because I'm. It's unclear how healthy Harris is. I feel like that backfield is going to form a full blown committee. Um, and then on the flip side, what do you other than Diggs, who is obviously not having the superstar season we had hoped, but the targets have been there. San, Emmanuel Sanders returned to practice, so you know those who like Gabriel Davis may split work, and even Beasley and McKenzie may split work. So even it's weird how no one else is. Not only has Diggs been a bit of a disappointment, but no one else there has been reliable. I mean, there's been Dawson Knox, but um, but yeah, it's like Singletary has, has merged far more than any secondary receiver. 100%. Yeah, I don't know that you can really touch uh, or confidently project any of these other guys, especially because it's not exactly a good matchup for any of them as well. Uh, Dawson Knox, like he was a tight end eight this year, but that was like almost exclusively touchdown fueled. Certainly could score in this one as well. And the receivers, like you mentioned, it's like everybody's had... I think the, the biggest problem for the Bills offense is like everybody's had a chapter of the season when they were a decent bet beyond Stefan Diggs. And I mean, you know, Diggs uh, had his better touchdown rate than he did last year. The targets have been there, like you mentioned. Um, he just hasn't had those like huge yardage game ceilings. And so uh, the passing game as a whole, I think, has been problematic beyond Diggs. And that's been a bigger problem. Like he's just been the clear cut guy that the team's got to focus on because, you know, Emmanuel Sanders had his little moment. That's kind of come and gone at this point. Gabe Davis uh, had a couple moments, but, you know, then hits the COVID list and all that stuff. And then Cole Beasley as well. Uh, you know, he has not been nearly the factor like he was last year. None of these guys have more than 700 yards beyond Stefan Diggs. So from a fantasy angle, this is really tough, I think, to project any of these guys. One, like you said, one of them could hit, but they're all kind of splitting at this point to me. I saw a Boston Media NBC thing talking about if uh, should Hoyer get some action if uh, Mac Jones. Oh my struggles. god! So my, how fast things have turned! How fast things have turned! But no, uh, that's crazy. Uh, even with that's crazy I, I do to have, me. I do have some concerns about this New England offense, but I'm not. I'm going to take the points with Belichick here. I take I take plus oh. four, even though you know. Oh Bills really? Are oh, obviously good. But I'll, I, I'll take the points here. What do you think? 
I'll t- I'll take Bills minus four. I'll uh, yeah, I'll I lay, the, I'll lay the points with uh, with right. the I like Buffalo that we're Bills. On both these, all right, okay, because I don't I don't feel strong on either of those. I could see both. Yeah, Bills are. Yeah, it's just and the and the weather may not factor. The one time it relied so much on the weather helping the 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 Pats that first matchup. So I could see that too. These lines are tight. Yeah, they are. They are. I think 33-21 Bills over Patriots in New England. The second matchup is like a little more indicative. They're both coming in nine and six that game, too. Like, I think that is the this. It's not as if I think the Bills are a much, much better team than the Patriots. But I do think they're a better team. And like four is it's just enough, I think, for me. Um, Like if it was Bills minus three, I'd definitely be on Bills. But if it was like four and a half or minus five for Buffalo, I think I'd be on the other side of it. So uh, it's like just right for me, I think, to take uh, to lay the points with the Bills uh, there. Uh, It makes total sense with your brain, but there'll be some wizardry with Belichick and there'll be some crazy wins or something. But hell yeah. Why not? Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Saturday, these two Saturday games are going to be extremely exciting. We're probably going to go out out and about on the town to enjoy those two games because they should be pretty fun especially i mean um obviously uh the la rams play on monday uh the la chargers don't exist in the postseason raiders fans will be out and about here in la i'm sure on sunday on saturday morning so that should be pretty fun brunch brunch right after brunch football for uh for us i think should be the plan on saturday all right, let's move to Sunday. We've got the seventh seed Philadelphia Eagles at the number two seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks beat the Eagles 28-22 in week six. That feels like forever ago, that Thursday night game. Uh, Leonard Fournette is back. Thank God they need him. Uh, Ronald Jones is doubtful for this game. Of course, this Tampa Bay team, um, I just wrote a piece for the website. If we reseeded these uh, the, the playoff field by like fantasy relevance, it's like, it was a fun exercise if people want to go check the piece out it's not like a serious prediction on anything it's just kind of like a fun uh fun little piece i wrote in there about the bucks it's like if the if we did this exercise like back in the beginning of november the bucks might easily be the number one team but i had them all the way at the fourth seed in terms of like fantasy juice or whatever because it's like this is a disaster for the wide receivers at this point it's like mike evans and a bunch of question marks even cyril grayson now is banged up uh because antonio brown and chris godwin are out of the mix for um one reason or another obviously there this game has actually been bet down from 49 and a half to 46 is the total right now but tampa bay is still eight and a half point favorites yeah, I mean, you got to like Evans that he's locked. He should be sitting, getting double-digit targets from Brady at home with no other receivers there, no Brown, no Chris Godwin. Um, but the Eagles have been really stingy against receivers. I think they'll have the second fewest fantasy points, far better against tight ends, are easier, more vulnerable against tight ends. And Evans is not even getting the yardage. He's been so touchdown dependent. But still, that's obviously helped. Second most touchdowns in the NFL is receiving touchdowns. And that's obviously helpful in Yahoo's game with half PPR. A um, couple things. The Eagles are 0-6 versus playoff teams. Um, Brady, without, with those, without those weapons, uh, I could see this being close. Crazy stat I came across. Brady has more TD passes since turning 40 than Trachman had during his career. That's just wild. And he's another guy, obviously another guy tough to fade in the postseason, Brady. But this should be interesting. We don't know uh, Leonard Fournette's health. And uh, Ronald Jones is definitely out this game. I drafted Fournette in the second round. We did the serious uh, XM. Uh, Pianowski was also in at a six-team draft for the playoffs. I took him in the second round, so I'm hoping he's healthy. I got Derrick Henry. Duck Gary Henry in like the fifth or sixth round too, if he's healthy, but um, what with the injured guys, but um, we'll see uh, what the health with them, but um, yeah, Evans looking for a lot of targets and, and Gronkowski could go crazy against uh, an Eagles defense. that has been totally lit up by tight ends. Yeah, you mentioned the Eagles' struggles against the tight end. I think that is a pretty crucial one with Gronk coming into this one. Obviously Brady got Gronk his incentive uh in week 18 we knew that was like a total lock i think he told tom brady or told one of the coaches on the sideline hey if i don't get the if i don't get this incentive i gotta go get a real job which sure uh maybe you know you're hawking all that usa uh bs on tv i think you're doing all right gronk but uh yeah this one should be an interesting game to watch how about on the Eagles side man like i I don't it's like with the eagles are so tough to predict obviously jalen hurts should be back out there after missing week 18 you know i think the eagles like they deserve a ton of credit for making the postseason in a, in a year where I don't think really anybody had expectations for them. And I, I don't know that I want to like lay eight and a half points with the bucks, but I could easily see that the Tampa Bay, like Tampa Bay just kind of running through this one. 
I could see either also, again, another one outfield strong. I will have some hotter takes on the, on the other games. But um, Tampa Bay's run defense quietly did not get at, do at, perform as well as it did in the beginning of the season. But it's tough to rely on any of the, the, the backs in fantasy for Philadelphia. And even, I'm not sure, Hurts' is, uh, high ankle sprain, how close to 100% he will be uh, this season either. So I would just say Goddard. You know, they might theoretically have to pass more against Tampa Bay. They were a pass funnel team earlier. And uh, they could, you know, nearly nine-point underdog should have to pass more than they maybe would typically like. So I kind of like Goddard, but um, uh, I took the points in this one, but uh, Tampa Bay at home, Brady. And like I said, Eagles haven't be- be- beaten a playoff team. And that first matchup was uh, not as close as the final score indicated. Yeah, no, it was not. Uh, I think I'll, pr- if I had to bet on this game, I'd probably do Tampa Bay minus eight and a half, but um, does feel like a little bit of a stay away. Uh, yeah. This, this is a 10 a.m. game on the West Coast. Like, you, you can you can kind of come in and out of this one. You can kind of come in and out of this one. But uh, shout out to the Eagles. They do deserve it. I don't want to be, like, disrespectful to the Eagles at all because they totally deserve a lot of credit for making the postseason in this uh, in this in this year where I did not I think anybody really had that type of expectations for them. All right, let's move on to a really exciting game, a game I'm sure you're excited about. Welcome back to Niners Talk, baby! We got the 16 uh, San Francisco 49ers at the third seed Dallas Cowboys all right what do we make of this game Dalton we've got a 51 point total that is the highest of this opening round of the postseason the Cowboys are minus three at home Dalton what's the deal man how do we feel do you realize that our 49ers led the NFL in yards per play this season led the NFL tied for third in yards per play against on defense and nearly didn't make the playoffs. After Shanahan punted down seven points inside two minutes last week with their place kicker, with their place kicker, mind you, they had the <laughs> lowest win probability of any game in the next-gen stats era. And wow. They nearly, so, I mean, they were that close to not making the playoffs, finishing sixth in DVOA. Pretty wild. So um, they're not the seventh seed, but I am glad that they expand and they, they make the playoffs. But you do have a nice argument that the Steelers are in there ugly. But thankfully, the Saints are not in there and may, forced God, to start yeah. Simeon, by the way, who hadn't won a game as starter. That no, wouldn't have just been that, the Saints. It would have be also enough. been Saints. Yeah, with some uh, barbaric quarterback player with Simeon. But um, Dallas has been vulnerable over the middle. Dallas's defense has allowed the 31st. They're ranked 31st in NFL in yards after the catch. Niners ranked first in the NFL in yards after the catch per reception. Here's the quarterbacks that this Dallas defense has beaten since November. Matt Ryan, Taysom Hill, Taylor Heineke twice, Mike Glennon, and Gardner Minshew. That's it. So the schedule has not been overwhelming, but on paper and especially at home, this Cowboys team can certainly be tough. Uh, However, DVOA, 16 against the run. Uh, My guy, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, we talked about it. He was graded poorly uh, early on when that rush yards over expectation, but he really started balling later on. Finished fifth in rushing yards per game. Do you know that Elijah Mitchell led the NFL in team carry percentage? Yes, and then adult, more than Najee Harris. He finished ahead of Najee Harris in team carry percentage. The most touches in the NFL without a drop or a fumble. Uh, averaged 25.6 touches over the final five games he played, and he's $20 in our DFS. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I would put uh, Eli in there. Trent Williams, highest-graded PFF uh, season in the history uh, of, the, of the website this season, is going to try to play through this uh, elbow injury, but he will not be 100%. But uh, otherwise, uh, Eli Mitchell, and uh, this should be a fun game. I like Dak Prescott, too, at home. Rel- uh, affordable price in DFS, too. But um, I'll let you talk now. I mean, I love everything you just said. Uh, you're right. Dak is a pretty decent value at 32 bucks compared to Brady at 35. And obviously Patrick Mahomes, highest salary quarterback Sunday, 37 bucks. Um, Can't run against the Niners. Pass funnel D too. Cannot run 100%. against them. They rank 32nd in DVOA and passes that traveled over 16 yards. A ton of penalties too. Uh, they're vulnerable. So yeah, you got to, I like Cedric Wilson underneath too. He's just the slot guy getting all the targets. I like Cedric Wilson too. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, obviously Ezekiel Elliott, 87 yards on 18 carries in the Week 18 game. But before that, 16 yards on the ground, 37 yards on the ground, 52, 45, 45, 25, 32, 41, 51, 50. Uh, that's dating all the way back to the end of October. Not a great stretch for Zeke. I can't imagine that the Cowboys are going to come out there and slam their head against the wall against this uh, 49ers run defense. Like you mentioned, this should be a pass injury. Dalton Schultz, too. Tight end three on the season. Shout out to Dalton Schultz. Uh, huge season for him. Um, I think he's a pretty attractive player, too, at uh, just eight, 18 bucks for Dalton Schultz. 
Yahoo, disrespectful to Dalton Schultz uh, all year long with the pricing of this player. Obviously, we've got Gronk and Travis Kelsey, 30 bucks, 29 But, dude, this, this should be a really fun game. Uh, this was one... I mentioned my piece where I reseeded the, the playoff uh, picture based on like fantasy juice. I had the Packers at number one. I had uh, the Rams at number two. And then three and four was really tough to pick between Dallas and San Francisco. But I put the 49ers ahead of the Cowboys right now. I think they've got more offensive juice right now than the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, we mentioned Zeke struggles on the ground. Dak has been up and down to end the year. You know, Michael Gallup tears his ACL uh, in the final few weeks of the season. And then on the 49ers side, man, I mean, Debo, total freak show obviously you mentioned the yards after the catch this guy gets like yards after the catch on vertical routes you shouldn't be able to get yards after the catch on vertical routes that's not allowed obviously we know george kittle's great brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 14 in fantasy since week eight he was basically better than where you drafted him once they started playing him uh and obviously even juan jennings has a nice game to end um this uh, to end the season as well so i like the 49ers i, I don't know if i'm going to pick the 49ers to straight up win this game, but I do think uh, 49ers plus three, I will absolutely take that here. I would really stay away from Zeke here. Tony Pollard's back practicing. Uh, you look at the yards created metric, it matches the eye test, and he does not look healthy, or may maybe it's age or mileage, whatever the reason, and Niners are second in DVOA against the run. Debo set the NFL record for receiver, most rushing touchdowns, eight. He even threw a touchdown last Absurd. week and he theoretically fits well over the middle stuff and, and Kittle too against this uh defense oh, dude and, uh, you said the over the middle stat and I'm like that's the word Jimmy Garoppolo so all Jimmy Garoppolo is doing yeah. is throwing over the middle over the middle all over he the throws middle, yeah no that is all exactly so theoretically but sometimes these things uh don't work uh, as they do on paper but so the Niners will probably find a way to lose this game via turnover <laughs> or penalties but uh, to me this should be a, a pick em. I've heard people saying they sh the Cowboys should be favored by more no no this is disrespectful the other way this is a coin flip the Niners are six and DVOA led the NFL in yards per play, and they travel well. They're better on yeah, the road better on than the road. at home. But don't get me wrong, a, a Cowboys at home are a tough, tough team, and they rested some guys last week. You know, when they when in the matchup, they didn't need to win necessarily. They looked really good, and 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 Dak has looked great the last three games. He looks healthy again. So I mean, this this should be a fun game that should come down to the end between two teams that could absolutely. It's too bad one of these teams has to exit early because both are capable of making deep postseason runs. I agree. Um, the NFC field is just really good this year, I think. Um, obviously, the Eagles kind of stand out um, when you're looking at all these teams, but I think the NFC field as a, as a whole is very, very good. Love this game. Can't wait to watch it. Like I said, I will definitely take San Francisco plus three. Like, I agree with you. I think this should be like Cowboys minus one, even at home. I think these two teams are dead even. I really think San Francisco the, – the problem is the Cowboys have the edge at quarterback. Like, that's the problem is that is that, like, if this gets into a back-and-forth affair, you know, near the 51-point projected total, it's like, am I taking Jimmy G or am I taking Dak? Obviously, I'm taking Dak. And both these teams are very well-stocked in the receiver department. Jimmy G over-under interceptions 1.5. If he goes under, Niners win. If he goes over, they lose. There you go. Boom. There it is. Uh, well, this game should be exciting. I really can't wait to watch it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, maybe people don't think this game is as fun. <laughs> We've got the seventh seed Pittsburgh Steelers at the second seed Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, potential for snow in this game. Obviously, the Chiefs beat the brakes off the Steelers uh, earlier this season, week 16, 36 to 10. Deontay Johnson sneaks in for a late touchdown. So this game was even worse than the final score. Uh, is there any reason to expect a different outcome this game Dalton uh Ben Roethlisberger doesn't even ex apparently doesn't expect a different uh outcome and he's out there giving quotes to the media like you know we are just we're like we're clearly the worst team we um you know we do, do we even do we even belong here who knows we should probably just try to go out there and have some fun we're not going to win anyways I'm sure he's playing some Jedi mind tricks but like I don't know maybe he's not all that being said Dalton it's going to be hilarious when the Steelers win this game it's going to be hilarious. Don't forget the Steelers kicked a field goal down 30 to nothing in that game when they got 4.2 yards per play or something. Got to make it more trailing. respectful. It's hard to do. Yeah, for sure. But no, but props for Tomlin still. How does he have this team in the playoffs? I mean, well, do you know they finished 24th in DVOA? Hat tip Rob Pozzola for this. Uh, 26th in weighted DVOA. The Jets finished 25th in weighted DVOA. The Jets <laughs> had a better weighted DVOA than the playoff bound Steelers. Um, 
I, you're right. They probably will end up winning this game because that's how these things work, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, it just certainly, I, I, I laid the wood like a donkey, and um, the Chiefs have their problems. Don't get me wrong; they did not solve their offensive issues. Tyreek Hill's heel might be a thing. Uh, Byron Pringle, an interesting DFS guy, um, but conversely, Najee Harris is banged up, and, and you know, expecting Ben Roethlisberger to come from behind if they fall down early, it just could be ugly. So, um, I, I like Kansas City's defense. I feel a little bit better about, but um, yeah, I laid the wood. But uh, you're right. That's that's not how these things work. Uh, it'll it'll be some some crazy Steelers ugly it up because their defense. I mean, they've been making plays lately. Their defense has. Yeah, and their def- their defense is a huge reason why they're in the playoffs. I mean, again, I know that everybody hates Ben Roethlisberger at this point, like because of the way he plays and it's boring and all that. But like this team has good young playmakers and Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. I've I've given Chase Claypool a hard time, and I think he deserves a hard time. He finishes wide receiver thirty seven this year. Like he was a disappointment in fantasy. He was a disappointment for the Steelers in real life. He did not take that next step. I think he's got to wear some of that. But like Deontay is great. Najee Harris is great. Um, you know. He even if the stats don't totally bear it out for these guys because they're playing it in in this offense, like um, these are good young players, they can make plays. Roethlisberger, obviously, that disastrous final game at Heinz Field was one thing, but um, this defense is really good, man, and this defense could totally come in here and mess things up. Like TJ Watt ties the sack record, um, and he didn't play 17 games this year, so I don't want to hear it about any sort of like, oh, he's got another chance, but whatever. Like, he, he did it. And Favre gave Strahan the last one. You probably are old enough to remember this. You might I, do, born yeah, yet, I do, but, uh, <laughs> I do remember. But yeah, he gave away that sack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so TJ Watt uh, deserves the, the record there as well. So, um, you know, yeah, listen, I think this game will be closer than the last contest. Uh, I don't know if I really believe, truly believe that. I, I, look, 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 let me get this on the record. I don't believe that the Steelers win this game, but uh, I don't think it's like they've got no shot. I would take Steelers plus 12 and a half in this game, actually. Like, I think the Steelers all year long, the reason they're in the playoffs is because they drag teams down into the mud. They make you play their style of football. Like, they make you play a tough physical game. Um, the Chiefs have been better about responding in those type of games. Um, but look at the game they just played in Week 18 against the Denver Broncos. Like, that was much closer than it should have been. Like, But with Tyreek Hill hampered, uh, Daryl Williams gets banged up in that game as well, although he uh, did get into practice on Wednesday, so he probably will play in this game. Look, I just think there's a chance that this game is closer than we think. Uh, and I wouldn't be like, I just think it'll be hilarious if the Steelers win. It would just be so funny. Like, I mean, they've already, look, the writers of the season have already gotten them into the playoffs. They might as well write them in one weird win against the Chiefs here, but I doubt it happens. Yeah, and Mahomes was leading the league in interception percentage the first half of the year. I mean, he could, they could turn the ball over in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's that what it takes. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's hip to be square, and I'll, I'm just laying the wood here. But I'm I'm, I'm fully aware that the NFL is weird, and you're probably on you're, you're probably the, the the more savvy side on this one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, plus twelve and a half, totally fine. But I do think the Chiefs win this game. I think they take care of business and they and they keep it moving. Quickly, DFS, uh, I would stay away from the running backs in Kansas City. The CH returning looks like they're probably going to split. I mean, Pittsburgh looks like, you know, for a while there, they were a sieve against the run. But, I mean, it's tough there with a you know, backfield that, you know, typically doesn't get all the work anyway. Whoever is the number one guy, now it should be probably more so split, right? Yeah, I agree with you. CEH uh, with his shoulder injury practiced. Uh, Daryl Williams practiced with his toe injury here on Wednesday. So I think those guys will both be out there. But that's good because I think that uh, is what the, the Steelers, like you said, they they were had a huge weakness as a rush defense overall. And if the Chiefs are going to come in here and play that like physical ground and pound style with the Steelers, um, this is going to be the way they have to do it. So totally makes sense to me. Uh, I think this should be a pretty fun game as well. I'm not like, look. I, I it's, the Steelers deserve to be in the playoffs and the Chargers don't period like that's the, I'm not I'm not going to come in here and, and hate on the Steelers for being here like they they obviously have a boring quarterback and they have a pretty boring offense but they have a good defense and they have a great they have a great 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 head coach um, and that's how you end up in this in this position every time I railed against the seventh seed I totally still feel that way about the seventh seed like we really don't need it I don't think it's necessary um, but if it's going to be here the Steelers deserve it and the Chargers don't Period. So funny. I guess I guess Tomlin slept through that Sunday night, the end of the Charger Raider game. It's so funny. He would have woken up to a tie nearly. But uh, yeah, I hear you. Congrats to the to the Steelers. Uh, and Tomlin's just the man. I mean, definitely a strong argument for coach of the year. As a former East Coaster uh, and, and, you know, turned West Coaster, uh, I, I'm, I'm with Tomlin on that one. That's the <laughs> JJ Zacharyson and the East Coast dad's brand. People should check that out. Like, that's legit. That's a, that's a real thing. It's it, like. 
God, I, 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 you know, I, I would love to move back home someday, but I would love to never be back on East Coast uh, football schedule. That that like night game when it goes to overtime, it's like we're bleeding into the next day, baby. This does not feel good. So I, I understand. Yeah, I, imagine home. imagine not having NFL football start at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Uh, the 10 a.m. start. I'm not totally a fan of. Um probably because of the like but the 1 p.m start sucks too like i feel like you know mountain time is probably better because it's like you get it a little bit later um but yeah i mean get, the game's ending like before 9 p.m pacific that is the best that's the best like you, the un, unarguable that's great because like my dad was here visiting over christmas and like we watched a movie after the Sunday night game and he was like, his mind was blown. Cause he's like, I'm usually in bed by this time after a Sunday night. I was like, all right, dad, that, yeah, this is, the, this is why, this is why West coast nighttime football is great. But the 10 AM start sometimes maybe, and this is like in maybe industry bias. Cause like I got to get my ass up at 5 AM to be on FFL by the call time. So maybe that's my bias there. Yeah, no, I get why there's an East coast bias. Not only is only like eight, something small of a percentage of um, specific time, but you know, local San Francisco Giants games are starting at 1030 on Eastern time. I mean, it's, you know, wild that the difference. So yeah, I get it. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I don't mind it sports wise being on the West Coast. No, it's it's much superior than the East Coast. The East Coast is the stone worst. Um, but the I would say that the later like the later you feel it more in the later games for like why the West Coast is best. And the, the, but again brunch like if i didn't work in the in the biz and like i could uh, get my football with my brunch like at 10 a.m that's great so maybe that's <laughs> yeah maybe what that's am i talking about 10 a.m to someone who wants to messes up his brunch yeah my bad i follow i apologize <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, 1 a.m i mean one one o'clock 1 p.m would be better yeah i hear you 1 p.m no one p- let me tell you 1 p.m stinks uh but that's a whole nother story all right well that's enough of that conversation although i hope people uh i think people want to hear people's takes about that that that's a real thing right all right let's talk about the last game here more and scheduling a monday nighter for for what do you think yeah. of this playoff format i mean it's all about the dollar but i'm, I'm whatever for primetime football yeah no i'm i'm in i'm it's fine whatever it's fine with me i like i like getting just two games on saturday that is nice I, if they're gonna jam all these damn games in the weekend like let's at least give me just two games on saturday that's totally fine with me uh so we've got the Cardinals at the Rams. Uh, the Rams are four point favorites, and this is obviously a pretty nice total at 49 and a half. Yes, uh, interesting game here. Uh, boy, the Rams um, <clears throat> helped my Niners out with that loss last week, uh, calling three straight run plays after that punt. Thank you, McVay, one of my new favorite head coaches. Uh, J.J. Watt, uh, since he went down, returned to practice, maybe back, but since he went down 23rd in EPA per play, their defense, and then on the flip side, on their offense really misses DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, the splits are dramatic in the red zone. My survivor entry knows this well, but via Graham Barfield uh, with nuke on the field arizona's first in ypa third best in epa per play without him 16th in ypa 24th in epa that's pretty dramatic and this frankly it surprises me i mean i did not realize hopkins was was that impactful certainly fantasy managers are like what really but um it is what it is but then again the rams have their fleas too i laid the points here but do not feel uh great about it because i i get it that arizona you know, it's a divisional matchup. It'll probably be relatively close, but I just had a principal wanted to lay the wood during Kingsbury's first playoff game. I'm with you. I'm with Rams minus four on this one. Um, I think the Rams, obviously they have their warts. They're not a perfect team. Like, and Stafford's interceptions to me, like, listen, he just needs to, I mean, he's not going to, cause he's Matthew Stafford. Like it is what it is, but you know, those interceptions against the, the 49ers is like, bro, don't, you don't need to do this. Like you, you don't have to do this. Okay. So like, just play within the structure of the offense and like, we'll be fine, but he is who he is. So uh, that is not going to change. He is Matthew Stafford. He will always be Matthew Stafford. And this is the guy the Rams traded for. And I would do the trade again, like 10 times out of 10. Um, give me a break with all of these comparisons between I fire EPA into the sun. If it's going to tell me that like Jared Goff Matthew Stafford are the same player. Okay, that'll the, be enough of the that. Same, yeah, the same comparisons. And Todd Gurley was an MVP that season. And this year, Cooper Cup put up nearly 2,000 points in historic season. Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, it's not exactly a, a perfect comparison, to say the least. Yeah, certainly not. Yeah, to say the least. Um, uh, the, the running game is interesting, of course, for the Rams. Like, we got Cam Akers back playing a little bit last week. But Sony Michelle still a very good player there as well. Um, and they also signed Eric Weddle. I don't know what to make of the fact they bring in 37. I saw that headline. And I was like, wait. What? 
Like, how long ago was Eric Weddle even on the ring? Like, what are we doing here? But um, it's yeah, interesting. Jordan Fuller went down. Yeah, Jordan Fuller went down. A quiet, a quietly a big loss maybe there for the Rams. But um, we'll see if Arizona's pass attack can take advantage of it. Uh, yeah, we'll, I mean, yeah, they're uh, bad, badly Miss Hopkins, who may not return. They'd have to reach, like, the conference uh, championship for him to come back. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, so DFS, you're firing up Cup. And, and Beckham, Beckham is, Jefferson's been quietly, like, splitting the routes with, uh, I can't even pronounce the other guy's name, yeah, where yeah, Beckham yeah. didn't put up big stats last week but he's still been been uh you know getting the being treated as a full-blown uh starting receiver there in LA and um and Arizona has some injuries in its secondary so I wouldn't hate an OBJ play in DFS this week I agree with you I like Beckham this week as well Eric Weddle hasn't played for the Rams since 2019 so he's coming back to like he's coming as an emergency fill-in for Jordan Fuller but he's coming back to a defense that not only has he never played in, he didn't even play like in the defense in 2020 that this current defense is trying and failing to be with Raheem Morris. <laughs> like, so that's very weird. Very, very weird. That is weird. I think they they have enough to recover though, because Arizona has their issues too, man. They've just been a problem yeah, with this intent. Whatever. We went over the Kingsbury first the half of the year versus last half. I'm not surprised that Seattle whooped them because Seattle brought their A game. Um, but yeah, Arizona um definitely has their issues for sure. That's why I leaned to the Rams. Yeah, I mean, shout out to the Cardinals for making the playoffs. But I think if, De- if DeAndre Hopkins was going to play, I think this would be a different conversation. But they just re- like those splits make complete sense to me. Even if Hopkins wasn't great in fantasy this year, it was like overly reliant on touchdown conversion rate, you know, to targets like he is still, I think, a great receiver. And the drop off to him and, you know, Christian Kirk and A.J. Green are nice players, but like there's a huge drop off. Then, you know, you're you're putting old Wesley out there at X receiver and, you know, you got Zach Ertz or whatever. So um, unless James Conner can just like run all over the these Rams, I don't see how the Cardinals win this game. I was going to say I got it wrong last week, predicting Connor and Edmonds were both going to sit. Uh, but I don't know who, who got the last laugh, though, because Connor played through the heel injury and then hurt his ribs to the point that he's highly questionable to play in this matchup in a game that Arizona, well, I guess they did need to win. So, um, But they did not play it cautious, and, and they might be missing Connor here. So another DFS backfield situation to to avoid here. The the running back landscape um, in, in the postseason, is uh, it, it's brutal. Like if you're doing a, a playoff pool, the first back off the board is like, for Ned or Mixon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right. Last thing before we get out of here, Dalton, pick the NV, the MVP, the Nickelodeon and uh, MVP from the uh, 49ers Cowboys game. Obviously, it was Mitch Trubisky last year. Who we got this year? Is it Jimmy G? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Jimmy G plays through, uh, yeah, because of the, the injured thumb uh, narrative. Uh, I can see, I don't know, Debo's a, a fun tnt guy though um i'll go debo no debo's fun debo debo's gonna have another big game debo seems too realistic wasn't it like with a barstool guys last year that yeah got, you're they, right they it's like yeah you push trubisky right. yeah. into the in the yeah, what am i talking about? i'm not even getting where you're going yeah you're right it's some crazy yeah it's uh yeah robbie gold robbie gold oh there we go there we go uh it'll be, maybe it'll be mike mcdaniel this uh 49ers offensive coordinator who's taken twitter by storm uh it looks like literally dude guy, guy looks like a podcaster like i mean what are we what are we doing here with mike mcdaniel it's pretty incredible big fan big fan yeah love that guy yeah all right yeah. man yeah good good stuff and uh yeah big big matchup where our 49ers made the playoffs and i'm uh, excited excited no doubt man i think this is going to be a really good weekend i'm extremely excited to watch i'm extremely excited to dig in so of course people make sure you play some daily fantasy action make sure you get in on the whole thing um and in the meantime, of course, you can follow us. Not that I'm sure I'm going to, like I said, I'll be brunching on Saturday, so I will not be tweeting about these games. I'll, I'll come in for a heater here and there and then bounce out and not see any of your tweets. Dalton, of course, we know um, <laughs> will not be tweeting anything either, but you can still follow us on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB and at Dalton Del Don. And of course, while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm going to be back Monday afternoon with Andy Barons to recap the Sunday and Saturday games. But until then, we're out.